Hello and welcome to Lay It on the Table. Uh, wherever you're at, whatever time zone you're listening from, uh, we welcome you. Uh, today we've got myself, Brian. We've got John. Hello. We got Aaron. What's up? <laughs> and uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about just some of this uh, current pandemic. Um, a little bit more conversation, I think. John and Aaron had a little conversation about that last week. A little chit-chat. That's going to come out soon, yeah. Yeah. Um, but this week, we're going to be talking a little bit about um, just a couple of subjects. One, uh, how pastors have seemed to use this to sort of promote themselves online. And then mm-hmm. we're also going to be digging into how can the church adapt in a time like this uh, with the technology that we have Um are we doing the right thing by not meeting? But more importantly, are there ways that uh, this type of medium, the way that we're actually interacting over online, does that affect how we should change maybe the way that we we do our, our worship services, things like that? We're just going to be chit-chatting about that, maybe looking through some articles, just sparking some ideas. Um, so uh, we just invite you into that conversation. Um, and... Uh, yeah, that's what we're doing today. Oh. Um, so we're gonna dive in. Uh, I was gonna see how everybody's been doing, man. I haven't seen John in like two weeks. You for longer than that, I think. Aside from on Zoom, we are not practicing social distancing. Huh? Not at all at this time. Yeah. Well, at least right now we're not because we're all in the same room. <coughs> yeah. I have my monitors and just in case Brian coughs, but oh. that's about it. Yeah. So and I'm drinking coffee so hot it'll kill anything. So, <laughs> how you been, John? I've been good. Um, do I do I want to briefly say what happened at work, or should we just not? Well, you always do work stories in the beginning of our podcast, so why not? I'll keep mine short if you want to. No, I'm not. I'm just it. It's you know we ended somebody's life oh yeah you talked about that though already last time oh the last one that's right i yeah, forgot yeah, yeah, right. yeah. no um, still obviously staying with you though yeah so no um there's a there's a there's a good chance i may be um removing my brother from my house and uh, that's been a long time coming um work has been you know with this whole so with all these businesses being closed businesses yeah. Being closed. Um, Bitnesses. Bitnesses, yeah. Uh, at work has been, except for your occasional craziness, it has been just stupid slow. Um, so much so that I reluctantly re-downloaded Candy Crush. Oh, man. And <laughs> That's a serious <laughs> been leveling uh, up. situation. <laughs> you know, and I, and I should be maybe using that time to read my Bible or pray. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm being stupid and, uh, anyway, that's been my life. So, so it's just slow. So yeah. sounds like a confession. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Well, that sin affects me in a way that I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, way anyway. to tie that in, sir. Yeah. Sorry. Right. That's good. How about you, Brian? How are you doing? Pretty good. Um, as I've talked about before, uh, seems a weird time for me because I think um, as all of this has been happening, I've been like around the same time starting up a new relationship. Oh, that's uh, right. Got a lady that's right. In my life. Congratulations. Um, 
Quarantine Lover. Better not play that too long. They're going to copyright you. Quarantine Lovers. Oh, you met her during the quarantine, dude. That's your story. We met during the quarantine. Yeah, the great quarantine of 2020. Back in my day. (laughs) But the other thing, too, though, is that during this time, um, I think it's, it's a weird situation for me because about the same time we were we transitioned into working from home but we have not slowed down at all yeah we i've are, noticed that dude I'm, we I'm like are bu- three times busier i than start we earlier before. and i yes. get later but there's like a lull for me in midday well sometimes it's yeah. like everybody takes a nap from like 12 to 2 i think that's what's happening and then boom yeah back in it yeah. there's that's exactly what happens i think in my job because like you'll yeah around about 11 30 to about like 1 30 Nobody's pinging anyone. Mm-hmm. Then after that, all the messages start pouring in. We need to do this. We need I this. came back from lunch and I can't we do this. In. We do yeah. this. We do this. Yeah. And uh, we have not slowed down at Verizon at all. Uh, we are, in fact, taking on even more load than we were before. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank God for that. I'm thankful for that. And I think, um, though, um, there's been a lot of prayer for me on a personal level of like, how can I steward the fact that I'm not able to, I don't have time, so I can't. I, the the best way I can support the church right now is financially. That's the best thing that yeah. I can do. Yeah, we've been trying not to, you know, waver on any of that, <clears throat> no matter our economic situation. Yeah. Just and because, you know, they're going to go under if they if we don't. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, we're in the same boat. Yeah. Hey, just as like a offside question, when mm-hmm. when you're talking about Verizon, how if at all, just real quick, has the merger of Sprint and T-Mobile affected you guys? Not much. Okay. Yeah, it, not it, they well. It's going to affect us, but the problem is that they're going to take a while to get up and like, yeah. like yeah, they're, they're talking like twenty twenty six. Yeah, before yeah. they really are like a huge threat. But the thing is, is that um, AT and T was a big threat to us. But AT and T has done a mistake where they have, what they have done is they have diversified themselves too much mm-hmm. to where now they have so many liabilities that their balance sheet doesn't look very good. I would say Verizon's coming into this with the strongest balance sheet of everyone. They've got the most cash on hand. Yeah, and yeah. since we're sort of the Ferrari of service, <laughs> mm-hmm. we uh, we you think about it like we can be really competitive because, like, say T-Mobile squeezes us with lower prices, well, we can go lower on our prices. Our infrastructure is already built, yeah. um, so yep. they're continuing to increase five G. I mean, there's there's things that Verizon has over the competition in this area, but like we. Uh, from an analyst perspective, I've been reading a lot of on the stock analysts, and they say that a lot of people are buying Verizon over everybody else right now. Yeah. So that's that's good news for us. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'll take that. Let me look up their stock prices real quick. Yeah, they've been. Yeah, yeah. We we um, they're probably the, the I think I think they're gonna do okay because that just based on our level of business right now. But I don't know. You know, I'm not in that part of the business, so I don't really know. You know, it yeah. could it, everybody's going to get affected. It's just how much. I think it's just <clears throat> who can survive online right now. And so, since Verizon yeah. already have a pretty thriving online presence, um, they're probably doing really well. I mean, even our companies realized how much and how important their online presence is, and has really been re- they've we've actually brought on new people to revamp it, and it's uh, bringing in revenue where they didn't think it would come. So, yeah, that's good. It's a it's a learning experience if you're a business right now, but. Also, you know, that's a good segue into the conversation today because I think um, I think that we've we've never experienced anything like this in our lifetime. Um, I know that 
the church, at least some churches, have been struggling with how to react to this. And I was thinking about um, what I just brought up earlier in the question, which is um, we have, you know, with the mediums that we have, and we have, you know, internet connection today, where we have the ability to meet with people virtually. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it does, I think it does affect the decisions we make. You know, I've thought a lot about, like, if this had happened 300 years ago, how would the church have reacted? Um, And then, of course, you have to think about, too, that, you know, even back in the Black Plague, right? I was just going to say that, yeah. The church, though, didn't understand fully how bacteria worked and how viruses worked Mm -hmm. and how things were transmitted. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's it's easy to sort of say, okay, well, you know, all these Christian churches were meeting at the time, but they also, like, nobody knew, right, how this was actually working. Where it's like, now... The difference in today's time is that we actually do know. We actually do have some knowledge. Um, so I feel like it is the duty uh, with the information that we have in front of us to make decisions that are respectful of of the situation that we're in. But it does sort of question as to like, when you think about the Great Commission and things like that, I don't know. There's something that I would have to say, though. I'm really glad that I'm confident in in the belief that that God is the one that brings us to salvation and that it's not necessarily our responsibility like we don't we don't save people mm-hmm. because when you think about this time like if you're if you're not a staunch calvinist then you're thinking man we really got we got to get out there we got to tell people about Jesus and if we don't then you know people are going to die and they're not going to know Christ and they're going to you know they're not going to be in heaven. They're going to go to hell. Because, you know? because right. God's plan depends on us. Oh, right, right. No, it doesn't. Right, and they would also be having a lot of problems with how could you know God let this happen and how could God let that happen. And Because a lot of times when you don't understand the sovereignty of God, you don't. You almost think that like he takes his hand away from the world for a moment or away from you or in a, in a, in a, like a negative way, people seem to see that, so... I don't know the, right. if I'm right on that or not, but no, I would say you are because in reality, if God took His hand away from this earth for a nanosecond, we would all immediately perish. And I we'd think be so. Done. Mm-hmm. The whole earth would just fall apart. Right. Yeah. If, it, so. if His spirit truly got removed from from us, it would be pretty chaotic. It would be immediate. Yeah. 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 Because uh, what does He say? The laws are written on their hearts. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I think that <clears throat> the the thing we got to talk about today is is you know obviously we almost did a podcast a long like as far as our podcast is concerned in the old days um, about technology and oh, and yeah. how it kind of affected uh, the belief systems. But you know now I think that if we were to revisit that, which we'd never released, we'd probably have a little bit of a different opinion because as negative as technology can be and how easy it is to bring. Uh, for Satan to bring temptation and bring bring things into our home that d- distract us from God. Uh, at the same time, I'm I'm you know on this other side of the coin, I'm seeing you know where some churches have really stepped up and and brought uh, the lacking of worship and the lacking of fellowship, and they've brought it into the living room uh, for a lot of people as well. Um, and now the content uh, online is so much more vast because there's so many churches um, putting out stuff. 
you know, and quality stuff on top of that. You know, yeah. a lot of these churches that 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 were you know smaller and they had solid teachers and and solid uh, you know preachers that God was speaking through, they just didn't have the time and they didn't take that time to go online. And now they're online, so now you even have more <clears throat> you know of God's word just you know penetrating the web. Mm-hmm. So it's been it's been it's been a good experience slash negative experience. I mean, obviously we love physical contact. We're, we we desire it, but um, you know I've I've also seen you know like my men's group grow to the point to where we have guys that are coming in on Zoom that are in other states that were friends with the other people, but they weren't able to meet us physically at Rudy's every Saturday morning. But now they're coming in and growing, you know, through just discussing about God and talking, you know, just being um, um, having fellowship and having confession and. And just opening their hearts, they're growing, and and these are guys that I never would have saw their face otherwise until this pandemic happened. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's pretty interesting uh, idea, idea, really, and and to kind of understand it because I know uh, we've discussed this recently. There were churches that decided to meet in the midst of this, regardless, and gather, and they got shut down by the authorities. And there was this whole big thing about, you know, God, if God's here, God's not going to, you know, let his people get sick and God this and God will this. And, and, you know, we shouldn't be forced not to meet and stuff. And I just feel like that's not very, um, that's not following the authorities that are put in place. And I feel like that we're called to do that as well as we're called to fellowship and meet. So what do y'all think about that? I think it's, um, it could also be loosely compared to your, your, your your you know your typical um, snake handler type church you know oh you know I've got enough faith the snake isn't gonna hurt me and and then it does you know and it's like well did you just not have enough faith or did you maybe misunderstand what you were supposed to be doing and while I think some of those churches I I commend their intention I have no doubt their intention was good. But at the same time, they're destroying their witness to the rest of the world. Um, Seven put out a video, the, the rapper Seven, uh, addressing that very thing. And, and they had set up, months ago, they had set up these, um, they're called prayer walks. And hundred yeah, yeah. hundred hoods and a hundred. Yeah. yeah. So um, they had to postpone a lot of that because there are some cities that are prohibiting that. And he explains that you know it's it's not about losing faith and oh my gosh we can't do the, do this and that for these people it's about you know the words very clear as much as we may not like it sometimes to 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 obey the authorities up to the point that it doesn't violate the laws of god but to obey the authorities and by doing so you're actually still witnessing mm-hmm. uh and then you know like you said earlier there there are, there are churches now that are doing online services that that, that prior to this either didn't or had no um, uh, internet traffic whatsoever. And you've got churches now that may only have a few dozen members that are that are being heard worldwide. Um, and then, you know, I've also noticed, I've, I've watched a lot of videos on YouTube, a lot of sermons, and I'm noticing <clears throat> that uh, the majority of these churches, instead of saying, oh, you know, this week we're going to be in the book of, you know, Esther doing blah, blah, blah. That's all good and well. A lot of these churches now are preaching strictly the gospel. 
This is what this is who Jesus is. This is what he did, and this is how you get saved. That's which is a good point. Yeah. Which is what the world needs to hear. And, and and to go even further with that, because so many churches are doing uh, are, are utilizing the internet now, um, there are I'll just call them companies that that monitor internet traffic. They can see what's being downloaded and where and what the content is, and they're noticing that um, there's a huge spike in the downloading of Bible apps Mm -hmm. in church services, whether it's video or audio, even in countries such as North Korea, Iran, China, places that are where Christianity is straight up illegal. Right. The people are, are getting the message, and it's like this that wouldn't have happened otherwise if it weren't for this whole Corona thing. Right, right. Brian, thoughts? Can you ask the question again? Because I, <laughs> I, I'm. I guess what we're processing just saying is, everything is, is it's kind of a double-edged sword. Uh, you know, we obviously want to meet as churches, we want to fellowship with each other, um, but the authorities of P say, you know, you need to stay quarantined, you need to stay separate. And we've had other churches that decided to meet, and then you know it ended up in a negative uh, news, or you know it looked it looked bad. And John basically was saying that kind of ruined their witness. Where <clears throat> you've got other churches that may have had a small online presence, or they weren't really focused on that at all, and now they're online, and you've got people. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're speaking straight the gospel because they're just trying to get the word out more than they're preaching on this or that, or maybe they're including that with a Bible study or whatever. Their presence has just become so much bigger that more people are hearing it even all the way out to the ends of the earth where, where like China and places where, you know, it's not necessarily uh, very popular to be of the Christian faith and they're truly getting persecuted like the old days and the acts, you know, that kind of stuff. And yeah, I mean, that's always the, I mean, that's the core of this podcast is to explore that question. And I think, you know, there's plenty of examples throughout history that have nothing to do with viruses. I mean, you think about Martin Luther King Jr. and leading a movement to, um, you know, for racial equality in the United States. Mm-hmm. You know, and he was a pastor himself, and he felt strongly that in that particular instance, he was doing what God commanded him to do over what the authorities commanded, right? Because, I mean, obviously, that entire movement, you know, was continuously put down and put down by. Uh, by the authorities that be. However, I will say the difference between Martin Luther King Jr. and other and other groups like the Black Panthers, for example, I think that's what they were called. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he did so from a Christian perspective in a peaceful way. Right. Right. And um, and you know, within the means that they could. But then there were obviously you know situations where like uh, black people were walking into places where they were not supposed to walk. And so they were like, you know, actively defying the laws that were instantiated over them. Right. Right. So, and then of course you can go back and, and you can look at even the early church and Paul, you know, getting up and being like literally beaten or stoned to death or, you know, like Stephen getting stoned for the things that he said. And so there's situations where, um, where, you know, there is... I guess times that are appropriate that we don't follow the law of the land, we have to follow what God has told us. As mm-hmm. Jesus would say, give to Caesar unto Caesars, give to God what is God's, right? But I think, though, that you have to be really careful with that, and you have to be... I think that where my personal opinion is that um, that's where prayer becomes really important, 
because I do believe that the that the Holy Spirit will give you clarity in those areas. I agree. Where it's time to step up and it's time to say, no, I will not follow this. And uh, and that's where just literally reading the Word of God mm-hmm. and being very well-versed in the Word of God and knowing the history of just, you know, being able to understand Christ's words and being able to understand the apostles and what they taught and what the uh, the prophets taught. Um, there are times that are appropriate, but like, you know, often I think it it's something that God has placed heavily on someone's heart. Now, you could devil advocate with that and say that these pastors that we're talking about that are actually telling their, you know, people to meet up right now, you could say that, well, they, maybe they had a voice, maybe they heard something, but... Um, I will say this as well, though. No voices from God are ever heard just to one person. Um, they're usually, um, at least in the Word, when we see in different instances in history, whenever God speaks to people, there is someone there to witness. There is someone there to witness that speaking or to um, to testify to it, right? You look at Moses. Moses heard the Word of God. He was told to do something. And then that was solidified by 10 plagues that were miracles and the turning of his staff into a snake, all these different things that God used to solidify that this man is from me and he comes from me and he is doing what I said. The prophets, what they said is that you will know the prophets by what comes true. If our words come true, then we are true prophets, right? Mm -hmm. But um, so I think that, you know, the difficulty for... Some of it, that I see from some of the defiance of the of the laws right now from the church is that I'll just be quite frank and say it's embarrassing. Yeah. It's embarrassing to watch and know that um, that it's like you guys. You know, I think that you're putting way too much importance on yourself. That you you, you this is part of the conversation, Aaron. Is some of these preachers too that seem to almost make it about them you know, in their personal mission. And it's like, but it's not just about you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I heard one of those churches in Alabama, for example, I think it was Alabama, I don't know, I don't care, I didn't look it up. But one of them um, saying that, you know, now one of the people in the congregation does actually have the virus as a result of one of the meetups. Right. And it's spreading. So it's like, you know, you, you have to think about, I think that that's where prayer and um, even the purpose of this podcast, which is for us to discuss these topics and get proper theology, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you you definitely see in times like this where bad theology shines out. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I would say Just, that the majority of those churches that we're meeting are probably based on more of a healthy and wealthy uh, mindset. There, so. I don't know. I didn't look them up. But uh, not all of them. I'm sure that there's churches that meet that aren't. But sure. any church that's playing the game, like John was saying earlier, like you know, you're trying to grab a snake and say, "Well, the snake won't bite me because I have enough faith," or "I won't yeah. die from the snake bite if I do get bit." So you've always got a, a, a an answer for it, and it's just always faith, and it's just misunderstanding of what that means. And um, of course, it's just you know, we'll stay healthy. No, God won't get any of us sick, and et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, God does protect us. And God does take care of us. And, you know, like there's people in Denton that I know have good, have work at the Denton State School up the road. And they go to our church. And they're not sick. But they are in the midst of the biggest outbreak is in that area. 
and the Denton State School over there um, with those the, the the patients there, and, and uh, they're not sick. Some well, I don't know for sure they're not sick, but I'm pretty sure most of them that I we've talked to aren't sick, and we've seen them on the conference calls and stuff for the church. Um, but you know, they're also practicing, uh, you know, quarantining themselves from from everybody when they get off and everything, and so you know. Um, but at the same time, like, what is it? What is it in in Matthew? It says Christ says not to test God. So I think that what you're doing is you're testing God in that particular instance. Yeah. And and I feel like that that you're saying to the people that it's okay to do that as well. When yeah. We're, when we're talking, that's that the heart not, of the conversation right there. It's right. Like, it's why testing are, God. Yeah. Why are we testing God? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, and uh, go ahead, John. I'm sorry. Uh, no, you're fine. Um, so Brian. On that same note, Brian made a good point. You know, as always, but especially now, um, believers should be in the Word. And, and the reason why that's so important, especially now, is because of the, you know, all well, just so-called health, wealth preachers, what they're doing right now. You, you know, you're not going to church as a body. There's, there's no corporate worship right now. So it's imperative that you stay in the Word so that you will know when you've got someone trying to preach that is that is leading you astray, you know, take for instance, like some of those churches that we're trying to meet are health wealth type places. And I see it as, you know, people aren't going there, they're not getting their their money, their ties, their their offerings, whatever. And so now you're seeing these these little men freaking out and trying to, to control the situation in their own power. Because they're losing their, you know, their, their, their wealth or whatnot, right? And so you're seeing them struggle and clamor and claw and 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 they're getting in trouble. No, not not all of them, but right. uh, and what we should be doing is yes, be faithful, yes, pray, but God's the one that's gonna do the fighting. We're not called to do the fighting, right? Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, I agree. You know, and and I think that when we talk about you know these churches meeting and how that could be you know, not so great. It's because, you know, with a protest like Martin Luther King, um, you know, God loves everyone equally, no matter what we look like or do. So what he was standing for was something that's, that's ultimately, uh, exactly what we believe in. And so therefore when he made this movement, I believe that it was because of that in particular thing. Um, I mean, was it a break in the law? No, he did everything very peacefully, as Brian said. Uh, and that's the thing that I want to talk about is, is just uh, humbling ourselves and being meek. Um, and so what that means is that we know when we are to stand up. I mean, we know people have stood up in the face of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. I mean, Stephen, and he died uh, for that cause. Paul has stood up. Christ himself has stood up and spoke, but it was always in a peaceful manner. It wasn't in a violent, aggressive uh, way. All the time, uh, aside from the one time in the temple, but that was completely righteous um, for Christ to get upset. Um, now, don't forget the sons of thunder. <laughs> <laughs> so, but for the most part, we're told to to be subject. You know what I mean? To yeah. to to. I mean, let's put it this way. Let's put it in our earthly thought process. Uh, you know, we got all these things going on out there in the public and everybody's anti-authority. And what can we do to, to you know, film or, or you know, how do I, what is the word for that? Uh, discredit the authorities in some way, form or fashion. Uh, that's my entire goal. If I get stopped, I'm going to throw a fit. I'm going to, 
you know, be contrary. I'm going to, uh, it's all rooted you know, in pride. right, right. And be really loud and obnoxious and try to, try to twist the situation to make it look like, you know, maybe I got pulled over for this reason, or maybe I'm getting called out for this reason. And sometimes it could be that way because we are humans and there are people that are prejudiced and there are people that are, are evil at heart, but, um, it's not always that way, but if we're peaceful and we deal with it in a peaceful way, even if something happens bad, a persecution of us happens, um, and we deal with it in a peaceful way, we end up in, in, in on the good end of it when it's all said and done. Um, and it may have been a terrible ride to the good end, mm-hmm. but we end up on the good end of it. And um, I think that's what we have to do, and that's why we have to be subject. Because first and foremost, we have to understand that God, as we all have said a billion times, is sovereign. God is in control of this world, as we said earlier, if God had really removed his hand fully from this world, it would be a chaos. Yeah. So God is in control, and God is, he knows who's in charge. And I know you can tell me, oh, well, well God would let all these, um, you know, Hitler or whatever be, you know, those were authorities in charge, and et cetera, et cetera. But we can always take it to an extreme. But let's just talk about everyday normal life. A pandemic comes. We don't want the Spanish flu. We don't want the plague to happen again. We don't want to see massive casualties from uh, from this. So the government has done nothing against our belief systems. He, they did not say shut down your churches and never stream online or never preach or never call each other or never have a Zoom meeting. Anything religious, we're shutting down. They didn't say that. What they said was we'd like everybody to you know quarantine until the sickness is over, and then we'll reopen everything. They never said you're not going to re- reopen your church. So it. it I think what we should do is subject ourselves to that that command from the authorities and continue to outreach the best way we can, and that's via the way we've talked. And I mean, you even see that in in First Peter chapter two, uh, verse thirteen on. He talks about that. Be subject to the be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. Right? Not be subject for your sake or your pride or your desires. Be subject for the Lord's sake. So ultimately, by being subject. We are being subject to God first because we are understanding that God has put his plan in place and we trust that. So be subject to the Lord's sake to every human institution, institution, whether it be to an emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing the good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Okay, so we have to stand up and we have to be. Uh, submissive to the authorities, but ultimately we're doing that to be submissive to God. So I think that whenever the, this command came out and these churches wanted to thwart it, saying that we should be able to meet and that you're you know, coming against us as a religious institution, I think they were completely wrong on that because what they weren't doing was honoring God by honoring the human institution put in place to protect us. So um, I think that that's my opinion. I think they were doing the wrong thing. They weren't honoring God when they were doing this. By meeting outside of what was commanded or what was given to us for this temporary time, I believe that they were doing the wrong thing. Um, that's just my thought on that particular instance. Uh, so as far as that's that's concerned, should a church meet? I don't think that they should meet in the capacity of a physical capacity because the government's, the entire government has said no. But... Um, can we meet in other ways? Absolutely. We have been blessed with the amazing gift of technology, which they didn't have in the olden days, and that's why they met, and they didn't understand diseases, as Brian said. They didn't do so they would meet, and then it would become more and more of an issue, and you'd see people dying and, and everything because they would continue to meet. Um, 
So now we have the ability to have technology. Now we can, not only has this been a great moment in time, the silver lining here is, is that now these churches understand the actual pool that they have via this technology, the actual ability they have to truly get out and really be missional um, from from a technological uh, stance. So I think that that's something to consider as well. Yes, um, that's pretty much the podcast. Uh, we'll be yeah. we'll be uh, finishing up now. Um, Meet us in the four year for refreshments. <laughs> yeah, for the four year for refreshments. <laughs> pretty much everything you just said. I mean, that's really the the heart. I think that we probably all three share. I would yeah. I would agree. Like I think. Um, um, uh, you know, one thing I did want to add to that is in my research for this podcast, I was looking up some articles with, uh, discussions around how did the early church meet? Like what did their procession of services be? Because one of my questions in this whole situation has been, does the format of how we do things need to change a little bit? Cause one thing that I think initially, at least at our church, it felt like, um, we were almost kind of trying to do the same thing except over Zoom, right? right. Which, I mean, to me, just doesn't always completely work very well. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not the, you know, trying to like even sing, right? Um, you know, thinking about music and e- even when you think about music as a form of worship, it's not really that old. It, it really got really pushed by Martin Luther. But before that, there were other ways that the church would meet up and worship God it wasn't always through song. Um, uh, you know, even the early church, there was a lot of people meeting before, you know, you even had the concept of buildings. They would just meet together at houses, right. somebody's house. They would get together. Um, it says that they were, uh, I was reading an, an article. They were talking about how they know that when it mentions how they sort of treated each other, as, like they literally called each other brother and sister. Yeah. And they really, really believe that, mm-hmm. um, that because God had created a new family in Christ, that um, every Christian was your brother and your sister. And uh, they also said that that they would have treated each other that way when they acted out as Christians. They would have actually treated each other the way they would have brother or sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said, you have to realize also that in that particular culture, in the Mideast culture, um, Israeli culture, Turkish at that time, that the concept of a brother and a sister would have been even much stronger than it is today. That would have been oh, like, yeah. you serve, like a lot of times uh, you would serve even out to extended family. It would probably be more like what you would think of, like from your wife's perspective in the African culture today, where it's like family is very important. Like you serve your family, you, uh, you bring gifts, you do things like that. Mm-hmm. They would do that. In fact, one of the things that I read was that outside of, Outside of um, of really, they they didn't even really have. We we never had at least recorded in the New Testament. We did have instances where like Paul would talk about people giving to his ministry, but for the most part, uh, the preachers at the time, people that were around talking and witnessing of Christ, that we didn't have the the modern church structure where you had like money that came into the church and then it would pay certain people to be staff members. Mm-hmm. Sort of everyone was a staff member. Right, yeah, they go from house to house right. pretty much, yeah. And so, um, uh, but one of the, the things that really struck me, and it was actually kind of convicting, and I think it's something we can take away today, um, is they talked a lot about how the early church uh, had a huge, huge, they know this because of uh, writings. They've, uh, not just the New Testament, but there's a huge emphasis on a mark of true Christianity as people that were willing to give to the poor. Mm-hmm. 
And they said that oftentimes on a Sunday service that they came together, so their Sunday services didn't look like ours. What yeah. they would do is they get together usually, and somebody that would have one of the letters or maybe the Torah, yeah. the Old Testament, they would read from Scripture. Right. And they did really consider that Scripture was God-breathed and that they were hearing the Word of God. And so um, they would all come together. Someone would read it out loud. And that would essentially be, there would probably be some praying, uh, asking God to help them in their, in their uh, to, you know, to share the gospel, to spread his word around the world. But for the most part, they said that the, one of the biggest things that they would do outside of really even giving to the church, they would give to each other. So they would ask if there were any needs amongst the congregation, mm-hmm. and then people would give. But before it, they said it was often that a lot of um, uh, non-Christians at the time would talk about how the Christians would just walk around the streets and just like find someone and give them money or give them food. Yeah. And that was like literally a common thing that would happen. Mm -hmm. And they said that um, uh, this concept of of there being some sort of structure in place wasn't really in place at that time. Yeah. Then again, also the, the writer said, you know, don't get too caught up in this too, because at the time they just didn't have that structure. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't the structure of how to give and then, and then disseminate from the church in the way that we have today. Yeah. I mean, they were already, they but, had to, they had to put um, deacons in place just to figure out whose mom to serve first or right, whose mother-in-law right. or whatever, you know, so, so th- that started to become a problem. That's why their structure started to come into the church, just like it did with the synagogues. Right. Right. But um, I want to point out though, that the heart was what was important. Mm-hmm. Because the heart of, of you know, I think that sometimes when we think about church and the procession that we have, of like we're supposed to do this and this and this and this, and that's church, right? But God's not concerned about the processions. He's concerned about uh, Aaron dropping things on them. <laughs> I apologize. Yeah, it was apologize. a nice hey, crash. Hey, we're human. It's okay. Um, Pick up where you left off there. I apologize. Yeah. He was concerned about their heart in the giving and uh, the fact that, they were treasuring God in His Word. But you think about it, our greatest witness is the resources that we have, because what we're saying is two things when we give. We're saying that God will provide for us, and we are also saying that this money is less important than God. And we're saying to those people that we're giving to, and that we're, we're, we're um, not just giving financially, but giving of our time, giving in whatever ways that we give, we're also telling them that this God is more, that their heart is more important than our wealth, right? That they, knowing God is more important. And so, um, in fact, a lot of what the writer was talking about was the way that, at least in the early church, the first 500 years, you would almost mark yourself as a true Christian was by your giving, by your your giving spirit. The way you would give of yourself, you would give of your finances, you would give of everything to God. Yeah. And um, so... The procession of church did look a lot different back then. The things that were important did look a lot different. And there's something to learn over the years and over hundreds of years as the church developed um, that, um, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of room in this digital age as we're looking at the ways we do things that, you know, it's okay if we don't, if we're not all able to sing right at the same time. Um it's okay if if we don't have like like that's not a mandate from God that we have an orchestra right like it's not a mandate that we have a preacher even um like well 
that's that's a different conversation. But more or less that that um, the way that we do the service, right? The actual right. sort of procession of the preacher gets up and preaches and gives the word. That's not that's something that developed over time. That's not something that was initially there. And I don't believe that those early Christians were any less Christian no. because they didn't do that. No. And so um, I think that what I've started to think about is in this medium, how do, how do we do things in that, you know, that we, we adjust to the situation. Um, and um, I think there's a lot of room for us to be able to adjust to the medium that we have in front of us because there's yeah. specific needs that we need served right now that are not like, like there's a lot of people I know even our church that just need time, just people to reach out and talk to them because they're isolated. Yeah. And, and I think that, that, that that's what's happening too. And it's like I said, with the men's group, we're getting people that are from like Georgia and uh, you know, different States like South Carolina and stuff like that are, and they're jumping into the men's group and they're gaining from it. And they're, we're even going to begin implementing a small little men's Bible study on like Thursday evenings or something like that. Uh, so that we can all kind of get in and start just like breaking down the word for some people and, and, you know, uh, uh, as Josh and I deal with it, we're going to grow, obviously. I mean, whenever you try to lead something like that, you have a lot of growth that you go through. Uh, but also for these guys, just to get the to get a right perspective that's kind of in between. Because, you know, Josh Josh is able to communicate with them in a different way than I can. And so we're able to, to uh, you know, get the point across in more of a way that they can understand it. And, I mean, I've seen some massive growth. we got a guy that calls himself spiritual. <laughs> that now is now is debating on reading his Bible, uh, which for me is a giant step forward. You know, the fact that he's debating on reading a Bible um, and debating on what, what who God really is is a huge step for me. And and these small victories is something that I may not have noticed before, you know, because I'm tied up with going into church every Saturday or Sunday and, and, and getting this ready and getting that ready so that the people that are in our congregation can enjoy the service, uh, you know, helping with whatever. Um, now I have the ability to, to really focus in and listen to someone who's always alone or someone who is alone in an area where where they, they aren't getting a lot of, uh, you know, social interaction, period, whether pandemic or not. You know, and now they're able to, 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 you know, share and understand what it's like to be loved, uh, you know, regardless of their situation. And I think it's amazing to see. Um, the only thing I wish that could change uh, is that I, I know a lot of churches are doing this. They have they're trying to do their normal services as I, you know, for our instance, our churches. You know, we've been doing the worship and stuff, and it's been kind of, we've all been kind of missing it because uh, it's a little harder to get all the ladies in there and have them sing and a little choir, and there's a couple gentlemen and everything. It's just hard to correlate them all because there's all the social distancing, so they can't really sing in the middle of a live stream. But, um, you know, that's about the only thing that we're, we're running into. But aside from that, I mean, it's been pretty, it's been pretty good, uh, pretty good having the ability to still spread the word. And as a matter of fact, the pastor has been able to, to preach to two different churches at once, which has been pretty good for him to be able to get that word out. So, you know, things like that. So that's about all I got to say on that. I'm sure we're getting close on time. Mm -hmm. 10 minutes. Yeah. Last thing I want to say, and this is only just because, you know, I'm an honorary, uh, what is it? Caged, <laughs> caged Christian. Um, I'm seeing too many of these pastors putting pictures of themselves up instead of like saying like Sunday service, 
starts or just the name of whatever's happening, whatever, such and such Bible study or whatever, you'll see like a picture of them and then like a timer. And it's like, I don't understand what the picture or like a picture and then reference to a verse, you know, chapter and verse, but not the actual verse. And uh, I was, it's kind of bothersome to me that you want in, uh, and I asked someone one time, I said, during this, I said, because they were putting their picture up. I said, why do you put your picture up? Oh, so they'll know who's talking. I said, but it's not about you. Yeah. Yeah, it's about the word. So it, yeah. you're just a vessel. So you're just as important as the person listening. Uh, so you need to realize we should have everyone's picture up. If we're going to do that, we should just post pictures of the whole church. And that's cool. You can run a thing of the church and all the things that we've done and pictures of us as a congregation. That's great. And he said, well, I just want them to know who's going to talk. I said, they know who's going to talk. You're the senior pastor, so that that means clear. So I'm not sure why we have to have a picture up, but you know it's been it's been a really interesting. I mean, and I love the guy, and I don't think he has ill intention from it, but I just don't think it perceive. I don't think it gives the right perception, uh, and that is that God is is. And I mean, I know this guy, and and God is number one, and God is important to him in Christ and and sharing the gospel. But for some reason, he wants a picture, and I'm not real sure where that that. So that kind of bothers me. It's a weird thing, and I think that's just a me thing. That has nothing to do with the Bible or Christianity and per se, but... Well, you know, another example of what you're talking about is look at every book that... And I'm just I'm, I'm going to name drop. Look at every single book that R.C. Sproul has written or John MacArthur or even Spurgeon. You know, pick, pick, take your pick. Well, Spurgeon has his picture on him now because people put well, it on yeah. him. Yeah, but so you look at these books and what you won't see on the front page is a picture of themselves. You might see it on the very back. Right. But you look at books by Joel Holstein, Kenneth Copeland, Benny Hinn, and their faces are plastered all over that. Did you day. love that video I sent you? Yeah, it was hilarious. <laughs> COVID-19. Um, um and and so it's 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 the same thing. It's 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 you know, look at me, this is my new book and here I'm smiling, give me your money versus hey, I wrote this book about some sound theology and it's some hard-hitting stuff and you should really read it. And so what, if it's got my name on it or not, it's not about me, it's about Christ. Right. It's about giving glory to God. Um, so I, I've, I've kind of seen that. Yeah. 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 Well, what do you think, Brian? Am I overreacting? No, I think you make a good point. I mean, it's, you've got to, um, it's not about you. Right. And, um, I think that I see that as an issue across a lot of churches that's being revealed in this time. It's like, you know, um, you know, you think about like certain churches, it's like, well, what, what are they going to do? And it's like, what are they going to do when that pastor is not there anymore? Is it, are they going to continue to be a church? Like, is it, was it about the pastor? Like, and you know, you got to ask the question yourself too, is like, are you going to your church for your pastor? Just, yeah. I'm going to ask you that question and do some introspection. That's a that's a true question because um, that pastor's a man and he ain't going to be around forever. Yeah. I, I think and, I, I think I, when I think you of know? listening to pastors online or mm-hmm. you know different things, the first thing you got to do is realize they're a man and you got to hope you got to listen to the theology coming from the pulpit and yep. you got to listen to the theology coming from the Sunday school classes. Yeah, and that's where you got to focus is is what is what's what's the what's the meat here? Right. What's the bread and the meat in this particular situation? Uh, am I yeah. getting Christ or am I getting, you know, believe in God and he'll bless you? You know, if I'm yeah, I mean, that, you know, you had you you had with Jesus the same problem. You had three different types of people. You had people that were following him because they wanted to hear what he had to say. 
you had people that were coming with him because they were hungry and they thought they'd get some more food. Mm. And then you had the third group of people that just wanted to see a trick. Yeah. Right? They wanted to see him do some fun stuff. A spectacular and, show. Yeah. Right. Give me a show. Go do something amazing. We've been hearing you heal people. Yeah. Heal somebody so we can all go, whoa. It, was it in Romans? Was it in Romans or and Corinthians? Let me tell you something. Paul did that? that you talked about that? Yeah. And that that's, I think, the the you know the thing is, it's like, um, that I think is the moment when you realize that as a Christian that God is just phenomenally spectacular and um and these these guys are just they're just nothing. Like yeah. I mean, when you are able to appreciate Christ for his teaching and not for his tricks. I agree. Is the moment that you have um begun to take on a depth in your walk. And I encourage you to have that because that is what's more amazing. His teaching is far more amazing than, and what he has done for you on the cross is far more amazing than, you know, his ability to heal people that are sick or, um, that's not the point. Like, and Jesus tried to get that across that this life is, you're going to die. Right. Mm. And, you know, all of this stuff is just not that important in context of what's going to happen when you die. Because right, everybody that's focused on the miracles and all that stuff, yeah, they're not seeing the big picture of one day, right. regardless if he heals me now, I'm still going to die. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like with these pastors that are doing that, probably not all of them are doing it consciously, but there's definitely a subconscious thing running through that is like, what is important here? What are we, what are we peddling, right? Um, what are we trying to push forward? And um, there's a reason that we don't know what Jesus looked like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's actually really intuitive. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it's good. It's good. We don't know what he looked like. We have, all we know is that he was, he was not a, a, he didn't look like a king. I can tell you that. I'm going to go and say he probably wasn't blue-eyed, blonde hair. Well, he, he, we certainly know that because he's he's Jewish. Jewish, Yeah. (laughs) We know he's Jewish. He was of the lineage of King David. Yeah. So, so, and we know anything about David. David was a ruddy runt looking guy i know he didn't come from space and <laughs> oh, yeah gosh. that's oh, well uh, you know and no, I, I, would, I would tie that up yeah with, that's it that i've got nothing else so why don't you tie us off john well i was just gonna say in corinthians you know you're, you're talking or yeah it's corinthians first corinthians you're talking about um you know we we kind of touched on pastors that are in it for themselves and you got people that are going to church for the pastor versus for Christ. And then Paul says in 1 Corinthians, and I think it's chapter 5 or 6 maybe, uh, where he's talking about, you know, the apostles who these some of these people were venerating, were they're actually like the scum of the earth. They're they're just, you know, what, what, what was another word he used? Um, dang it, I just had it. But anyway, he was saying that, that you know, we're... Were spectacle. That's what he's saying. Yeah. That the apostles were nothing more than a spectacle. That that it, it was far better for them to be, you know, the Lord's sheep, because they're the ones that have the power of Christ. They're the ones that are getting the blessings. The the, the apostles are. Yeah, they were going through the everything, dude. They were struggling. They yeah. were they were starving. They were cold. They were beaten. Yeah. And and so he was just trying to make that point, like, you know, for pretty much what what we were saying. But I just wanted to throw that in there. Okay. I wanted to be scriptural. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, All right. If that's everybody got anything else to say, tie it off. Brian, John? I've got nothing else. Oh. Well, the best we can do is, with all of our hearts and our minds and our souls, do what? Love Jesus. Love Jesus. Love Jesus. Absolutely. 
Thanks for listening to us today. Um, if you want to comment on anything that we've said or you want to be involved in the conversation, you can uh, look us up on... Uh, we would, are you still on Facebook? We are, but not really. Not really? Okay, Instagram, so though, right, Instagram. John? That's right. It's a lay it on the table. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> we really appreciate you guys being a part of this conversation. I'd love to hear some feedback, too. And if you have any thoughts, this you just got some things provoked in you that maybe you just completely disagree with us. And um, we'd love to hear that. We'd love to hear a compelling argument in the other direction. With, Heck yes. With some scripture to back Please. it up. Yep. Uh, maybe some articles you've read. Because um, maybe that'll be a future podcast for us to go through that and go, hmm, maybe we weren't, we didn't quite look at all of the facts here. Yeah. Um, open for debate. So, um, yeah. So if, if you're, you feel strongly in a certain direction, um, we'd love to hear that too. But, and even just if you want to just let us know that we're doing a good job. Yeah. <laughs> we, <laughs> be, you know, we need an attaboy every once in a while. Yeah. So. But yeah, we really appreciate. And um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. All right. Well, have a wonderful Saturday or evening, morning, whatever, you know. Then be safe out there. Moses and the children of Israel, this song under the Lord.